Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 225 of the Spoiler Alert Podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike, and tonight we'll be discussing the recently released on video and streaming platform thriller Annihilation, starring Benedict Wong. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Danny. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Yeah. This is one of those movies that we waited until it was on video uh, because it got fantastic reviews, but was in theaters for like three days. Yeah. So we were not able to see it in the theaters, and now all of our subscribers have the opportunity to find it at home on iTunes or Apple TV or uh, Amazon. Yeah, it... uh... I remember wanting to see it. I'd seen the trailer a couple of times in the theaters, wanting to see it. And as you said, it was gone before I had an opportunity. I think we had a few queued up, and I figured I'd get to sneak it in there. But no, it it came and went quickly. Not a huge box office. No such luck. And, and you know, you asked if it was on Netflix. This is a, a movie where the international distribution actually was released on Netflix. So Netflix basically bought the rights uh, to this movie internationally, so if you're outside of the United States, this movie came direct to Netflix. This is your way in of the United seeing States, it. Yeah. It was released theatrically and, um, so you know, it qualifies those of us for a bunch of Oscars. Tons of Oscars. Right, right. And perhaps that's what Benedict Wong was hoping for. <laughs> Supporting actor. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> for both minutes he's in this movie. Now, I looked at the Rotten Tomato scores for it, and, it, and yes, it does have... Um, almost universal critical acclaim. I, I yeah. found a couple of clunkers out there, but but mostly good reviews. Audience score actually wasn't horrible. I, th- I think it was in the upper 60s, which, you know, is, is sort of sort of middling amongst the uh, the films For that Rotten are out there Tomatoes, that are this year. Yeah, right, right. It's definitely middling. Yeah. You know, on Rotten Tomatoes, especially audience scores, it's either like 95 or zero. Correct. Yes, this, this is somewhere, somewhere in the middle, yeah. Right. Uh, well, this is, as we said, it's it's available on streaming. Most people probably aren't immediately familiar with it because it didn't make a big splash uh, domestically in the box office. But it, it has been well-reviewed. Visually, it's, uh, it's quite arresting, and that's why we chose it. And maybe you can start us off with a quick plot recap. Absolutely. So, so when Lena, uh, played by Natalie Portman, when her husband, Kane, played by Oscar Isaac appears at home a year after supposedly being killed in action on a military mission, he is not the same man. He remembers nothing of the mission, or much of anything, and is soon coughing up blood. Lena and Kane are transported to Area X, which is an odd sort of bubble called the Shimmer that formed over a swamp in Florida three years earlier after a meteor hit a lighthouse there. Kane is now dying, and Lena learns from the team at Area X that he is the only person of many who have entered the Shimmer to have ever exited. A a new team of five women scientists, all with significant baggage, including Lena, enter the Shimmer looking for answers where prior military options did not succeed. Inside the Shimmer are more questions than answers. Guidance and communication systems fail, the women become increasingly disoriented and their personalities change, and they begin to encounter significant biological mutations, impossible animal crossbreeds and vegetation that shouldn't exist. Two of the five women meet horrific ends at the hands of mutated animals. One of the women turns into a plant. And Lena learns (laughs) 
that the DNA of every living thing inside the Shimmer is being refracted and combined in new ways. Of course, this includes the women themselves. In a chilling final scene, we learn that Kane, who returned home, was actually a clone, and Lena soon must kill a clone of herself before escaping the Shimmer and going through a painful debrief session with government scientists. And that's Annihilation. That's Annihilation. What'd you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I I think I'd side with most of the audience members on Rotten Tomatoes. How about you? Oh, okay. Um, This is a movie I had very high hopes for. uh, Directed by Alex Garland, who did Ex Machina. Also starring Oscar Isaac. Starring Academy Award winner Natalie Portman and Benedict Wong. Right. And I thought it sucked. Oh, you thought it sucked. I, yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I, so this is a movie where, again, I was really excited. Visually, I think there's a lot to like about this movie. Mm-hmm. But I thought overall it's a hot mess. Yeah. And it did not at all deliver on the very many interesting things it had going for it. And I just thought it sort of pissed them all away and sucked. I agree with that comment. I feel like he's going for some really heady stuff here. Yeah. Uh, and it does, and I think a lot of it left me scratching my head as opposed to really digging in with awe. I'll, I'll say out of the gate, I really like how quickly it starts. Uh, yeah. You're, you're dumped right into the movie and, and they don't waste a lot of time with exposition at the beginning and then it's shot kind of out of sequence so it kind of disorients you as a viewer similar to how they're disoriented in the shimmer and i guess if if i like anything about it i would say that this director really does have a style and i think that this movie stylistically was very similar to ex machina uh very eerie uh keeps you guessing uh, thematically or, or stylistically, it goes straight down to the, the chapter title cards that appear at the end of a dramatic sequence to introduce the next scene, also very similar to Ex Mahina. I like that. I think it's very ethereal, very dreamy, but but it's a bad dream. You know, the scene where Kane yeah. shows up back at the house a year after not having been there and he's just silent standing in the doorway is just... It kind of made my skin crawl. And Jennifer Jason Lee, who plays a psychiatrist, uh, who we later learned just is dying in of cancer, general makes your skin. She crawl. makes my skin crawl. I mean, she's yeah. She's got this disaffected rambling quality to her that is really unnerving in this. And I, and it's also drawn a lot of comparisons, you know, right or wrong, to 2001: A Space Odyssey, which I did note a couple of them throughout the film. I didn't know that in advance and jotted down music-wise, was pretty similar. You've got this kind of creepy, dissonant chorus a couple of times. Now, not the not the classical music of 2001, but they use, they use a really weird um, rambling chorus in 2001 that's used actually in this film as hmm. well. And then, of course, there's the final scene where Natalie Portman's character is looking into a being that's about to form that's her, that's like kind of like the star tunnel at the end of of the film as well. But I mean, right or wrong, he's kind of aping that, but those types of things, I think you said you liked as well, those sort of visual cues. Yeah. So the, the effects are are visually stunning and this is based on a book. We should say, I think it's one of several books. So whatever faults are in the screenplay uh, may or may not be the fault of the author of the book. Um, I don't know how closely adapted it was, or if there was it was planned, you know, to be part of a trilogy or whatever. 
But as a standalone film, I felt like there are a lot of interesting ideas that just never took form. Yeah. But I will say that I what I like about it, again, visually it's very strong. You know, the cinematography, the special effects, the the actual production design, very cool. But it seems to share, I thought, you know, you referenced 2001. I was thinking more of Arrival with Amy mm-hmm. Adams and Jeremy yeah. Renner. And that it feels like it's one of these contemporary sci-fi films where we're at a distance right away. Like emotionally, it's not... I feel like I wasn't invested almost ever in this movie. It just kind of keeps you at arm's length. It does this trick with editing and time where you're not quite sure, am I flashing forward? Am I flashing back? Is this happening now? Did this happen a long time ago? How much time has passed? And and Rival certainly played with that concept, I think, to great effect. This one maybe less so. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that Natalie Portman, who's always a little bit removed – as an actress, she's always keeping you at arm's length, um, was really doing so here. And I was reminded of a number of other sci-fi films that I thought were visually very bold, but maybe didn't quite carry the weight, like The Fountain. I don't remember that, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. And The Cell, which mm. starred uh, Jennifer Lopez and Vince yes, Vaughn way yeah. back. I felt like both of those were movies that, if you just looked at, still photos from them or if you just were looking at them with the sound off like you're at the gym and this this movie's on you'd think what are we watching it's so interesting yeah and then you add the dialogue and you try and follow the story and you think you think it's kind of a not so much yeah yeah like it's hard well i don't know what i'm supposed to care about i guess that's my the the thing that i that really struck me i liked things like the all-female team and how that supposedly or could have been very different from the all-male military teams they sent in earlier. I liked, uh, again, visually very, very interesting. I liked that there was this idea that they brought rations for two weeks but were gone for more than four months. So this disorientation and this like lack of, you know, this being out of time with the rest of us, I thought, what a cool idea. They're going to do so much with it. And I felt like Never really materialized. Yeah. I heard from a friend that the movie is actually quite different than the book. Um, oh, okay. And, and also read in doing research after the fact that of the trilogy uh, written in this series by the author, this was the only one that the director had any intent of making a film of and deliberately made it very different so as to make it more dreamlike. Um, oh, okay. So, you know, wh- whether he succeeded, I, I never read the book, so... So who knows? I guess what I will say is, you know, science fiction isn't typically my thing. I do like science fiction movies that feel close enough today to to the world today to be real. I don't need a 200 years out dystopian planet film. So this I can relate to a little bit more and enjoy a little bit more. But I think your comparison to Arrival is very apt because that was one that actually had me quite invested. I felt like I could relate to what those characters were going through. I could, seeing the news footage on television, the kids on campus scrambling, understanding what yeah. I would feel like were that happening. This was this is all secretive, so it's kind of like already you're at arm's length. Like most of the right. world doesn't even know that this shimmer exists in South Florida. Yeah. Um, I also was not a fan of Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yeah, and her character, she was, she was she was so disaffected and yeah. so 
you know, she played it off as just being removed and they talked about her character not having many personal attachments, family, friends, work, colleague relationships. But she also, by the end, sort of portrayed herself as being almost obsessed that she had to know what was causing the shimmer and what was what was sort of at the, at the epicenter of this this phenomenon. And I just never got that from her. I just got it like like they handed the script to someone and said, read this with no context of what she was reading. So she just read it in like a flat monotone. Yeah, it was really she was like anybody like the crossing guard at your kid's school. You just hand them a script and say, could you read this? And they're like, sure. And they read it. And you're like, cool. You're Jennifer Jason Lake. Congratulations. She's supposed to be playing a psychiatrist. And I just thought this is like the worst bedside manner for any therapist in the world. (laughs) Like what is absolutely that first scene where you meet her and she's meeting Natalie Portman's character. And she says, she's a psychologist. And you're thinking, (laughs) right. No psychologist is this bad at talking to a human. I think that what I disliked the most is that I actually stopped writing down those snippets of moments that I'm just like, no. For instance, after they almost get devoured by a crocodile slash shark with multiple rows of teeth, like two minutes later... They're in like a low-lying canoe canoeing down the river. And I'm thinking, like, absolutely not. No way would these women, like, go from barely escaping death at the jaws of this crocodile to just getting into a canoe where they're potentially inches from the next one. Like, no way in hell. Nobody would do that. Uh, When they're looking for Cassie, who has supposedly been devoured by some sort of bear-like creature... Do they kind of split up and go different ways? And suddenly it's Lena in charge to go find her and confirm that she's actually dead. At that point, are any of you going anywhere without, like, somebody at your back? Like, don't you all need to be, like, looking in all four directions at all times? That was... That was really weird. With a bunch of extra ammunition in your M16. And and, and she doesn't... And then then there's that weird plot point where one of the characters sort of accuses her of, like, we didn't see a bear... Maybe you killed her. Yeah. Like, well, she didn't pick her up in the middle of the night and carry her off screaming <laughs> in front of you. Something else did that. Um, well, it wasn't her. Now, right. you can accuse her of being a terrible guard because this is guard duty and a maybe bear that's, walked right your, up and grabbed somebody. Your grievance to file. Yeah. Right. I just felt like I, I wrote down this movie is a beautiful terrarium. Like something interesting to look at and sort of beautiful in a small miniature um sort of separate from everything else in reality sort of way but disconnected from anything i give about i just was so interested in it and then it didn't connect anything so i stopped caring pretty well, quickly and i th- and i think that the director actually made some bad choices that got me to stop caring and not keep my interest early because one of the first Within the first 20 minutes of the movie, we see the five women entering the shimmer. But we don't get to see at all what it was like to pass through that phosphorescent wall that gets them inside. It's kind of shot from behind and you see them and then you don't. And it's like they had to have felt something like what did it what did it look like on the other side when they entered? What did it look like behind them once they entered? And we get none of that. It's such a weird throwaway shot of them entering it that I thought, oh, 
that that's kind of a bummer. Like we've created this world, and you're not even you're not even showing me this this world. I, I thought that there was a a weird subplot line where Lena's having an affair with a colleague from medical school that went absolutely nowhere. I didn't know if that was happening when she was married after her husband because it kept shooting it out of sequence. Right, her husband's referenced. But I don't know if it's been like a year since he died or if like he's just gone all the time. And so this guy's seducing her. The thing went nowhere, even though like you see them together in a dream sequence multiple times. I thought there was significance there that just never panned. Yes, I agree. It felt like maybe there was something interesting there. Again, another like interesting idea because her whole motivation for going into the shimmer was sort of suspect. Was she going to help? Her husband, was she going to try and help Kane? She's trying to look for something to save him. Was she just looking for an explanation of why he died? Was she punishing herself for abandoning him before he ever left her? I mean, right. you don't know what this is. And there seems to be an interesting thread here that, that never connects to anything. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with people just hanging out next to the shimmer? Like she goes to 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 location X or whatever it's called, and she's up on like a terrace, and there are people at picnic tables just having a beer, yeah. like a football field away away from the most crazy cosmic phenomenon of all time that is slowly coming out of it. our reality, <laughs> and they're just like, whatevs, want to smoke? <laughs> Like, I was like, is this what happens to humans? I mean, is that our superpower that, like, <laughs> absolute co- – like, this this phenomenon could actually drive you insane if you spend more than a second thinking about it. But humans, after a couple days, are like, eh. eh. We're scientists. We've been here 10 I'm months. I'm going to sit yeah. here and have a beer. What's up with how great Natalie Portman is at doing that scared, confused face thing? Like, you mentioned, yeah. like, she kind of typically keeps us at arm's length. A little bit, yeah. I got to wonder if that face of hers is not like her yearbook photo, too. She always has that sort of confused, scared face on. Every movie that she's in, that's how she looks. What's up with them being in, like, essentially a swamp in Florida, and she never has a drop of sweat on her? She's lived in these same clothes for four months, apparently. She looks, like, fresh as a daisy. Yeah, she she really does. That's well. None of the women really were sweating, right? They all kind of seemed to be. Well, the one who kind of goes crazy seems to be a little bit under duress. Also, why send a paramedic? I mean, they send a, a physicist, uh, a biologist, a psychologist, someone who studies electromagnetism, and a paramedic from Chicago. Yes, it's like I don't know what the hell Comic you're relief. doing there. Yeah, you're there like yeah. just. Just for the grist mill, apparently. <laughs> You're the one who will go crazy and act two and a half and try and drive some sort of propulsion to the story. Also, what's up with – and what a loss it was, this idea that they were gone for months and months. They go into the shimmer. You're right, but we don't get that first moment. And they wake up the next day and they realize we've been gone for five or six days. Right. And that's weird, right? Like they don't know where they are. They don't know how far they're in. There's this lost time. And then the rest of the movie seems to be the next like five days in sequence. And in fact, at one point they're figuring out, okay, 
if we need to leave now, we've only been gone five days, so we turn around and walk out. It's like, well, no, you've been gone at a minimum of 13 days if yeah. we use the math. Right. But it's actually Maybe, months. Think- so where else did we lose these months? Is every day like six weeks long? You know, or like two weeks long? Or did you just lose? You thought it was only six days in the beginning, but it was really three and a half months? Like yeah. this whole idea was so exciting to me of what happened and what a mystery and it became a plot hole yeah yeah absolutely it absolutely did what's up with when lena is explaining to the other women how the multiple types of flowers couldn't grow from the same stem she said that's literally not possible that's my pet peeve when people use the word literally when you really shouldn't be using the word literally right There's no way for it to figuratively be not possible. So saying literally is really just stupid dialogue. And it makes me mad when people do that. While we're digressing about your pet peeves, didn't you love early in the movie when Kane shows up and she's painting and the music is like the soundtrack has swelled with this music and then he shows up and you realize it's the music playing in the house. Right. And suddenly the volume's a little lower. Like we didn't see her (laughs) drop the noodle. But it was the needle drop. Yeah, it totally was. This is going to hit Mike's list. I'm just annoyed. I I, I don't write it down anymore. It's it's gotten played. (laughs) (laughs) What's up with the last fight of Lena versus the mime? So she enters the, I don't know, birthing chamber of this phenomenon. And the ultimate mystery of whatever this entity or being is, is it makes a mime-like mannequin clone that mimes her movements and then she fights it i mean i felt like this was the stupidest i was like really this is what we've devolved to lots of interesting ideas visually arresting you got a lot of potential and you're bringing me down to like breakdance fighting from zoolander versus a mirror oh an odd choice, very weird. Weak sauce at like yeah. the worst well, level. And, and I guess what I didn't understand about that scene too is that this thing is essentially miming her. Like it's going to do, it's going to mirror everything that she does, and up until she can fight it, like like it, it keeps moving exactly identically to her until she tries to strike it with something, and then it can actually punch her and break through that that need to be a mirror to her. And right. and then it keeps doing it again until she tries to bolt for the door. And then it can chase her and press her up against the door, which is not mirroring her. So it's like, well, that's oddly And quasi-sexually assault her. I mean, that whole moment was like, whoa, what is yeah, going on Yeah, I didn't know here. quite where it was yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. What's up with when we see the video of Kane, played by Oscar Isaac, about to set off a phosphorus grenade, and he has like a southern accent and, and that was odd and then we get the sense that that guy died and then the alien cane showed up but we'd already seen the real cane in flashbacks and he didn't have a southern accent so right. i was left with well so who died there is that was that the clone that died or is creepy cane who doesn't have a accent the guy we saw in the past or was that a flash forward you know like suddenly it was like why do that to us because it calls into question the flashbacks that we've seen and if you're trying to say hey the guy back in the hospital might in fact be 
a doppelganger and not be Cain. Right. We're going to plant right. this seed. But then you've planted this – you like did it the wrong way. It would be different if know- he showed up and suddenly had a, a southern accent. A southern accent, yeah. I, I couldn't – I couldn't tell number one if he had a southern accent or if he was just you know slurring his words because he was so disoriented and it was just a, a a weird speech thing due to the what he'd endured while he was there if, if that was it. Uh, two, I also didn't know if the ending was intended to be ambiguous or not. Is is he is Kane the is Kane Kane at the end or is it Kane clone? And same with Lena. Is it Lena or is is it Lena clone? I don't know. Yeah, and also my last what's up with was if Alex Garland really only intended for this to be his only movie and a standalone, what's up with the final shot where it's this cheesy look at their eyes and clearly they're both aliens and that means something and what does that mean for the future and for the rest of us and for the shimmer? I just my eyes rolled right out of my head when I saw that and thought, oh boy. Yeah. So I, my takeaway was that the shimmer itself was destroyed. That Kane in that hospital bed is actually the clone, the alien clone of Kane, not Kane. That Kane did kill himself with that phosphorus Kane clone. grenade. Okay. And that Lena was actually Lena. Not the clone. I, I believe she killed her clone, but her eyes shimmered because the months she'd spent inside there had clearly affected her cells. She's not. She's not emerging from there as the same woman that had entered there. Got it. For better or worse. Yeah. So let's move to five questions. Sounds good. I hope you're ready. These are listener submitted questions, and the Excellent. first question, which I had read in advance. I think touches on your last point and touches on something that bothered me with the fact that we talked earlier that this is critically very well reviewed. Right. Now, question number one says, Paramount demanded changes after poor test screenings determined that the film was too intellectual and too complicated for wide audiences. But producer Scott Rudin sided with director Alex Garland and refused. And the listener says, where can I send my thank you letter? Oh, so clearly they appreciated. They appreciated it. Yeah. So that's uh, the question. I, I, I just thought there were a number of reviews that I read that basically said, this movie is too smart for, uh, for broad audiences. And I thought, now wait a second. That seems like a real thing to say. It's a little condescending it's like, for the... This movie's <laughs> not good. But I'm going to say it's not good because it's too smart for you. Yeah. Not right. that it's just not good. It's it's just too high. There's a bunch of plot holes. Yeah, because there's a bunch it, of plot holes. I really I felt like, dude, you can make a super intelligent, well-made movie that a everyone can like and b smart people can like, and this ain't it. That's yeah. I just felt like it was Swiss cheese plot-wise. Yeah, I I agree with a Swiss cheese. Now I I I'm sure that there was something. Like I said, he's trying to go for some heady stuff here. I'm sure he's trying to be highbrow. And stylistically, I thought it was really good. But I I would contrast it drastically with Ex Machina, which was an intelligent movie that a lot of people enjoyed. And I really enjoyed. So I I think that, you know, if he's going for a repeat of the success of that, he kind of shat the bed on this one. Agreed. Question number two. Can you imagine dying frightened and in pain 
and having that as the only part of you which survives. Oh, God. Are, are we thinking that that's, that's a consequence of the shimmer? I didn't take that away from this. Well, you need to pay more attention because that's a direct quote from one of the characters. Remember, there's the character who's di- who dies at the hands of the bear. Right, And then yeah. later we hear the bear screaming. And instead of when the bear screams, out comes the voice of the woman. Right, And another right. character says, as she dies, I think a piece of her sort of basically survived in the bear and she says can you imagine dying frightened and in pain and having that as the only part so clearly you can a not imagine that and b you fell asleep during that part of the movie no i let's move on no to be to be completely honest that was one of the scenes and there were i think three other times where the the uh dialogue was so muffled that i actually had to put subtitles on like i i I couldn't hear what they were saying Hmm. maybe it was just too intelligent anyway question number three if Natalie Portman did not perform her own dancing in Black Swan, should she still have gotten her Oscar? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? I do agree you, with you. Do you take... Do you take uh, I agree with you. The, 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 act, okay. the Best Actress Oscar was not for her dancing. It was for her performance. And, yeah, right. Yeah. In her confused, scared face. Yeah, yeah. Question right. number four. This person says, I saw this movie in the theater and loved it. I've seen it twice since then. Oh, boy. And it's still good, but something's now missing. How do you recapture the feeling of seeing a great film for the first time? You can't. You can't? No, you absolutely can't. You can maybe go see it in theaters a second time and it'll be good. Like, I've seen The Godfather Part 2 in theaters twice, and that's a movie I've seen probably a dozen times. Uh, and it is, and of course, the first time I saw The Godfather was on video. And it is, it, it does add a lot, obviously, to going to the theater. But uh, no, I don't think you can recapture that. There, there's something, there's just something so eye-opening. You, you can't have the first experience a second time. Okay. And then question five, last question says, would you believe me if I said the book upon which this movie is based sucks a fat donkey? D-? <laughs> That's the direct quote from the listener. I, I'm, I'm going to take their word for it. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm wondering if the book has the the frustrating plot holes that you and I both feel like we experienced in this, where there's just so many head-scratching moments and so many great ideas that just don't come to fruition. If that's the case, then yes, I believe it. Because unlike the uh, movie, you don't get in the book then the benefit of the great visuals that I think this movie did have. I think those animals were scary. I think that yeah. the, the, the phosphorus sort of weird geosphere that they're entering is, is beautiful and, and sort of toxic looking all at once. Um, you know, that, that aspect of the movie I think was great. And I do like the, that he plays with your emotions and keeps this kind of underlying feeling of dread always there just below the surface. I just wish they'd have gone somewhere else with it. Okay. Great. Well, that's five right. questions. Nice job. Thanks for the questions. Well, I think we've covered our final thoughts, and I think everyone knows where we landed on this one. I'm still glad we saw it, especially because yeah. we are in the dead zone. It's September. There's almost nothing to see in theaters that's anything worth talking about. 
and another month before we start getting awards bait and uh, sort of the film festival darlings as they get released. Real quick, I know we're on our way out of the episode. I just want to, uh, to thank the Academy for dropping this horrific idea of best popular film. I'm, I know I got a number of tweets and uh, private messages saying it's because Academy Award um, Academy members listened to our podcast and they heard clearly that we, were, we were the impetus. For we that. were really, yeah. we were really sour on the whole idea, and they said, "Well, <laughs> if Movie Outsiders isn't a fan, we'll just move on." So, thanks for taking the feedback, Academy. We think it's the right move. Next year, when you come up with another harebrained scheme to drive viewers, <laughs> let us know ahead of time. Talk about egg on your face. I, I mean, you make this big press release, and then just walk it back three weeks later that's redonkulous i also have to love marvel and and the folks there who really put it all on the line saying that black panther would not be submitted for contention for best popular film by gum they're going for best picture right you just have to say now wait a second you sir are no the dark knight (laughs) if there was ever going to be some two and a half hour comic book opus nominated for best picture this is not that film this was fine we enjoyed it that's great come on now best picture yeah Yeah. let's move on Well, what do we got coming up next coming up next we have another film that was released earlier this year to great acclaim and this one to great box office success but we waited to see it until the fall and it's a quiet place starring superstar emily blunt Ooh. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert Podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.